Hello, my name is Kat Cadigan, and you are either Mr. Palladino, Sophia Williams, or one of my goons. Welcome. First, I'd like to learn you a little something about Bayesian logic. About 93,814 days ago, or roughly 256 years ago, some dude called Thomas Bayes was like, Hmm, you know what would be neat? If people were as unbiased as possible when exploring new ideas. So this fellow's way of thinking was defined and flushed out with terms such as priors, credences, motivated reasoning, scout mindset and general mindset, and confirmation bias. You might be thinking, oh lord, this is gonna suck. But hey, you're about to be bamboozled because you, that's right, you, have probably been practicing some parts of the system of base thinking without even realizing it. For example, consider this, the flat earth theory. Did you just scoff? roll your eyes, or think, wow, is this chick serious? Your reaction, your previous knowledge on any topic, is what's called your priors. Your priors are developed from your past experiences in life. For example, if you went to a restaurant and the salad you ordered was made up of wilted, sad lettuce, you probably would have a negative connotation with the restaurant. For every prior you have, you have a prior credence which is basically how much you believe in the idea, and motivated reasoning is how willing you are to defend it, depending on why you believed it in the first place. Finally, confirmation bias is the tendency to turn new information into confirmation of your existing beliefs. Someone who is stubborn, inflexible, and defensive of their views has what's called a general mindset, like my mother. This system of thinking is really much easier than the scout mindset, which means having curious, open, and flexible thinking. The goal of practicing the base brain is to have a scout mindset, to absorb and reconsider new possibilities and evolve your thinking. Practicing the Bayes method of thinking means identifying your priors and acknowledging a couple things. Number one, just because it's what you think about something doesn't mean it's correct. Number two, everyone has their own different priors. And number three, accepting that your priors are subject to change and being open to the possibility of being incorrect. That's not so hard, hmm? Well, I should offer a sort of warning. It's about to get weird. AI. The unit on artificial intelligence, or AI. My mom just walked in. Anyway, the unit on artificial intelligence, or AI, didn't pose any sort of apocalyptic, threatening feel until I learned the facts. My prior was that the development of robots slash AI was kind of dangerous and scary, and I believe that without a with about a 60% credence, because embarrassingly, I really only got that opinion from sci-fi movies and books, like Futurama and Ready Player One. Unfortunately, throughout this unit, I learned just how similar futurists' fears and sci-fi books are. At the time of the beginning of this topic, I wasn't that motivated to defend my opinion because I felt like, what's the worst that could happen? And let me tell you, ignorance really is bliss. I can only... I can honestly say that in no other class I have been given a thick packet like the ones handed out by Pally, read it, and gone home to desperately attempt to convince my friends that this academic packet is genuinely worth reading. However, I can also say that in no other class have I been given a packet and read it, so I guess that's saying something. The development of AI is just a big, fat, scary, invisible mass of intelligence smarter than the smartest people and more efficient than my ADD ass on Ritalin, and it's right under everyone's noses. Think about it. AI is everywhere. Healthcare, manufacturing, energy, media, retail, social media. The thing is, you're the last one catching on to this artificial intelligence revolution. Do you not get it? 
The thing about humans is, they're fucking lazy. Ever since who knows when, people have been trying to develop things to make their lives easier. Remember our dear friend Bill Gates? Was that thing that he said that one time? I will always choose a lazy person to do a difficult job because a lazy person will find an easy way to do it. What happens when you're going to a job interview or for accounting or something stupid like that? And the interviewer asks you, why should we hire you when there's a cheaper, more efficient, and more accurate alternative? What happens when so many jobs can be done way better by robots? Hmm? No one cares about your stupid resume now. The thing about technology is that we have made so much progress. We have made so much more progress in the last 10 years than the last millions. So where is there to go pass up? Think about Wally. Next time you think about Wally. Next time you watch Wally, I mean, think about artificial intelligence and our future. Free will. Next is free will. Are you afraid? Be afraid. The topic of free will was presented as a masked killer to me, and I didn't realize what I was getting myself into. My prior was that it is not a human's biological nature, but a combination of environment and biology that influences decision-making and behavior, and I believe that without a 90%, with about a 95% credence. What I learned when we dove more into this topic is how similar it was to what we learned in freshman geography, mental maps and all that. Turns out that every decision or choice or action you make is predetermined in some way by your previous experiences. For example, I procrastinated writing this because I'm going through some crap, but that's because of a bunch of different reasons. Everything you do has a reason or a cause. This just raises the question of whether or not you do anything because it is up to you, or if you were just destined to do whatever you think it is because it's you think it's because you think it's your own original idea. Kind of makes sense to me. But I'm not outraged or upset at the thought that nothing I do is my own choice. I mean, you really think I'd be here if I had the free will? I don't think so. Big data. Do you ever have a sneaking suspicion that Google is listening to you? Like, when you talked about buying cat food yesterday, and then today you were shown a cat food ad? Well, that's because Google is listening to you. Hi, Google. Every single thing you type into a search bar or a Google Doc or your notes, or your text is recorded and kept as data. You and every other bloke on earth. Big data. It's 2018, and the market is your intention. My prior in big data was that I think it would be comforting to know that an algorithm knows more about me than I know myself. I was about 85% confident in that. I was also afraid of how close it would know me, and who would be in control of my information. I was, and still am, massively attracted to this idea because of just how much it would help me. I'm a fragile, fickle, confused, lost little thing, and it would be really nice to have something to sort it all out. Too bad. My thinking on this topic expanded in some ways I didn't expect it to. Big Data called four things to my attention. First, how lost I am in my life. Second, that, my, that Mark Zuckerberg is a lizard person. Third, that an entire portion of the humans on this earth aren't aware that their data is being absorbed. And fourth is some good news. Seems like soon we'll have some super invasive technology that fits that fights off illness and prolongs life and all that nice stuff, as well as helps us decide what kind of college to go to, who to marry, where to live, to have kids or not, or what kind of degree to get, or anything you could ever think of. And, oh dear, just thinking about free will again. I mean, seems like everything's going to be decided for us pretty soon. I don't think I should really worry about this, huh? Who cares about finals? The Fermi Paradox. Fermi paradox is the conflicting ideas about existence and the lack thereof of others' existence. If the universe is infinite, if the universe is infinite, or at least some degree of massively large, where is everyone else? It really doesn't make sense that there could only be one planet in the entire observable universe. 
with the signs of life. The odds are just perplexing. The Fermi Paradox article by Tim Urban goes into depth about multiple possibilities. I genuinely recommend you read it. It's mind-bending and chilling. My prayer was that we are not alone in the universe, and I had about a 70% credence in that belief. I mean, why can't we believe in aliens when people believe a god when people believe in a god with less proof? Something I think about a lot is the theme of other, like other life root options or other meanings to or other things to do or just things off the beaten path, you know what I'm saying? So to me the Fermi paradox kind of feels like looking through the lens of other on a greater scale. Like what else is out there? Because realistically, we aren't alone, and I want to believe. Um, this concludes my epistemology podcast for Mr. Palladino's class. Um, I'm Kat Cadigan, and I have a f- really awful headache. Good night.